0: What does it take to go from making $8 an hour to earning six figures in revenue in just a few years? What skills, what connections, what knowledge do you need in order to make this shift? Can anybody do this? Or does it take a special type of person and maybe a lucky break or two? Let's talk about it on this episode of the What's My Story podcast. What's My Story What's up? Everybody, Robert Kennedy the Third here, RK3, that's me. Welcome back to another episode of the What's My Story podcast, the show where we tell you or we show you how people got from there to here, how people navigated pivotal moments in their lives to reach the moments of success that they now enjoy. It's gonna be a fantastic episode. All of our episodes are fantastic, but I'm biased. Yeah, I like to interview people with fantastic stories and really just hear how they did certain things so that you can gain the courage to walk through your challenge as well. Stories of transformation. But before we jump into our stories of transformation today, if you want to know when we're going live, if you want to know when we are going to show up, make sure that you get connected with us. 410-936-4049, 410-936-4049. And if you want to start your week off right, Every Monday morning, I know it says 8.30 right here. We got to fix that graphic, baby. Uh, Monday morning, get up, get inspired, come and enjoy inspiration, motivation, and elevation. 15 minutes of power designed to get you rocking and rolling through your week, 8 a.m. Eastern time, Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight Time, whatever time it is on the Eastern Coast of the United States of America. Join us for the Monday morning get up show RK3 TV, YouTube, or you can just connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. We do it in all of the places. All right. Listen, lastly, we, well, not lastly, not lastly, um, a couple months ago, we had this story to stage virtual summit. And the idea behind this summit was for you to be able to identify your, your, ideal audience or to attract your ideal audience, grow your visibility and generate more income using the one thing that's unique to you, your story. That was the story to stage summit. If you missed it, guess what? We didn't leave you out. We didn't want you to be suffering. So we set it up so that you can just grab those sessions. We had speakers like Delatoro McNeil Lois Kramer, Tom Schwab, Schwab, Kat Dunn, Diana Gladney, Kirk Nugent. We had a phenomenal group of speakers. So if you want to grab that, do your man a favor. Go to storyskills.club forward slash summit. storyskillsclub forward slash summit. And you can grab those sessions. Listen, they are power packed. And I guarantee you that if you jump on those, you are, your life and your business are going to be changed. Hey, one last thing, one last thing. I want to share with you one last thing. Let me see if I can look right here so that you can see this. Guess what, y'all? Your man is is uh, is, uh, is moving up a little bit in age. <laughs> moving up just a little bit. As a matter of fact, in just a few days, for the first time in my life, I will have the number five in front of my age. O-M-G. But guess what? What we're doing, we're not just going to take this thing lying down. We're about to hit age and, and, and time in the face head on. And what we're doing is we are starting a foundation that really is going to help minority youth in their education and entrepreneurship. So to kick this off, to set this off, what I'm doing is I'm riding, I'm doing this race. I'm doing this this event, 100 miles. I'm riding 100 miles, y'all, can you? Come on, come on, I'm riding 100 miles. So if you wanna support that event, make sure that you connect with us, go to rk3.live forward slash mission 50, rk rk3 dot live forward slash right down here forward slash mission 50 if you're not in the maryland area you can uh just support us financially help the dreams of young people come to life through your donation all right so support us rk3.live forward slash mission 50 i want to see you i want to see you in the place or at least i want to see your name all right so let's make this thing happen let's get to our show today we have a fantastic Guest. As a matter of fact, he was a guest on one of our prior podcasts. When I used to do the RK3 show, he was here. So our guest today, Jay Halim Washington, is a best-selling author, multiple-time best-selling author, motivational speaker, commercial photographer, and his client list has allowed him to work with companies such as Nike, Save the Children, NFL, WNBA, Amtrak, and others. Let us bring on my dude, Jay Halim Washington, let's go.
1: Hey, brother, how you doing today, man? Doing well. How you doing, man? Excited to be here. Love yeah. the show! I love love the intro, all that other good stuff, man. <laughs> well, we try to keep it pro, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. I love it, man. Love Listen, it. man, you've got you've got the gear. You're 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 branded out right now. What's happening in your space? What's what's the most exciting thing happening in your world right now?
1: Go, going from the East Coast to the West Coast. That's that's man. all my whole family. Everybody, we're going to the West Coast. We're taking this show on the road so so to speak so that's all we're thinking about these next few weeks is just getting back to the west coast and starting our life over there
0: love it love it so let's jump right into um don't give us the entire story just yet but right underneath your name we've got this website and then your hat says i won't starve hashtag what what's i won't starve man
1: man i won't starve was um my mantra (laughs) And then it became a message mm. and then a movement. <laughs> and now it's, it's uh, a nonprofit, it's an LLC, it's a bunch of things. So, we, uh, but I Won't Starve Start out as my mantra. It was something I said, you know, to get me through those rough times when um, working $8 an hour and I decided to quit my job. And, you know, being a felon, people, you know, was I guess they was happy. I thought they was happy that I was trying to get back on track by working that job. But I saw that I had more in me and I, you know, experienced some things that remind me that I had more in me. So when I left that job, everybody thought I was crazy. So I just kept saying, I won't starve. And I just hashtagged it all the time. I hashtagged, hashtagged. It. Every time I got one of those big jobs, I would hashtag, I won't starve. Like I'm, I'm telling you, but I started encouraging other people with it. And um, it just started taking it to a movement, started speaking and went from there. So um, did an LLC, Started, you know, doing training, partnering with local government. And then we created I Won't Starve Academy, which is our nonprofit, our 501c3, mm-hmm. um, two years ago during the pandemic to help African Americans get free access to training with entrepreneurship.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. Seems similar to something that we were just talking about before the show, man. So yeah, let's let's mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit further about that. But here's here's the the I don't want us to kind of just uh gloss over this. You talked about uh, eight dollars an hour. You talked about being being a felon. Take us a little bit. Take us back a little bit here to um, the felony, or or just what happened and what caused you to you know to to have to take t- to be in a situation where you had to work for eight dollars an hour.
1: Oh man. So you know, growing up in North New Jersey, born and raised. You know, grew up in the crack era. You know my family was caught up in it like a lot of other people's families so my grandmother had eight children seven of her eight were strung out on hard drugs um the only one wasn't he got away the yeah i was born actually my uncle went away to the military never came back but every other person that stayed was strung out on hard drugs my mom included so that's all i saw but again um that wasn't cool for us to use drugs back in those days they had to say no to drugs the rappers was talking about being kingpins not talking about being junkies so I started selling drugs. So I was the kid who went to school, played basketball, but hustled at night. And then, um, you know, we didn't have food. Like, I mean, we had food, but it was 15 people in one household. So I wanted to be an overachiever and play basketball, come home at nine o'clock at night, it's no food. (laughs) You know? Um, So it was that type of thing. It was never no killer, nothing like that. Wasn't even a bad kid, but I was always about my money, always about getting money. actually got good at doing it. Got in trouble in high school, you know, got a slap on the wrist. Um, Because I was accepted to college, you know, of course I was a student, so they allowed me to get a slap on the wrist. But I went to college, and started doing the same thing, and wasn't no more slaps on the wrist at that point. So now it's like, you got to take this, you got to take this loss, you got to take this L. And I still was able to graduate college, but I couldn't get jobs. You know, mm-hmm. I graduated college with good grades and things like that, but people would hire me and as soon as my background check, they would resend my offer letter wow. and say, "No, nah, we can't hire you." So that happened to me multiple times. So I went directly into entrepreneurship. And it was hard, you know, not having the training, not having a lot of money and things of that nature, still playing around in the streets, but not taking it seriously. And then when my mom um, we reconnected, because my mom left me at 11, but we reconnected when I was like 23, 24. And she wanted to come down to South Carolina where I was to um, just change her life. So I helped her kick her habit um, of heroin on my couch. And I said, I don't want to sell drugs no more. Once I saw that and spent that time with her. And so I was just like, just had to figure it out. So again, trying to figure it out with no money, you know, entrepreneurship wasn't the fad that it is now. You know, you got a degree from, from a HBCU, everybody like get a job, get a job. You nobody support you. They don't believe in what you're doing. Nobody's gonna believe in you till they see you winning. Right. And so, you know, I built up a little bit, went to Maryland where you guys are. I was on the road doing what I was doing, but then the recession hit. So that was a, a, another pitfall. Start having kids. Okay, it's expensive in Maryland. We're gonna go to South Carolina where it's inexpensive. Oh, wow, this is what you got, became a felon at. So you got to start back over again and you got the F still on your chest. So now you got to figure it out. So you got an $8 an hour job. So that's right. how I got to that point.
0: Right. So you're you're working for this job, $8 an hour, and we're going to get to the space where you decide that you, you you can't do this anymore. You see greater for yourself. But what's, what's your mindset like? What is happening in your head as you are doing this, this eight hour, $8 an hour job. And you're kind of seeing everybody else around you, you know, working. What what What's going through your brain?
1: I mean, how did I get here? I'm 32 years old. You know, I just had my son um, a month prior. Oh no, the same month after a couple of weeks. And um, it was just tough. I tried everything, you know, um, I decided to be a photographer, but you know, when you start a business, it don't just pop immediately. Right. So I'm doing that. Because um I was I got this I got there in 2012 I got to South Carolina in 2012 I had the camera I had already started you know interview I was used to interview celebrities and stuff like that I created a little blog for myself before the before everything went crazy with the recession so here I am in South Carolina with a camera um but no celebrities <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know I can't do the thing I'm doing everybody saying take pictures take pictures I'm like nah I'm good I don't want to do that that's not why I got the camera but then I started taking pictures from my church just to, you know, serve. And then um, when I found out my wife was pregnant at the end of 2012, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to get rid of this camera. I really actually was thinking about getting back in the street. But well, my pastor said, you know, um, I told him I was selling the camera. He was like, man, I'll buy it from me. He bought it from me. And two weeks later, he gave it back to me. Wow. And I man. said, you know, what, what am I going to do with this? And he was like, you know, I want you to use it. I want you to use the camera. And that's when I started taking that seriously. You know, um, I asked him, did he want the money back? He was like, nah, just just use the camera. And so that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to get locked in on it. But again, it didn't pop immediately. So by the next summer, I was still, you know, trying to get up. And so I had to take a job because by that point, my son was about to be born. And then we was got, you know, the notices on the door to get, you know, evicted. Car got repossessed. All that stuff was happening. So I'm like, I got to do something. Right. And so I went ahead and took the $8 an hour job. Right. So let
0: me ask you, what what was it? I don't know if your pastor has had this discussion with you. What was it that he saw that caused him to say, "I'm going to buy this from you and give it back to you"? What what was he trying to really build in you?
1: I, I don't know. You know, I believe that was a God moment, and I say that because the unexplainable moments are God moments. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't really recall him doing that too often after the fact, <laughs> you know, right. to other individuals. But it was a blessing that was done to, for me. And um, at first it wasn't, I don't think it was about that. That's another reason why I don't think it's a God moment. I think I know he's a good brother, but I think it was just like, I, I showed them some things that the church needed with me having that camera. And so I think he said, well, let me go ahead and make sure we retain that so that he can continue doing what he was doing. Right. But I did mention to him that I was, because he knew me, this is somebody who knew me from when I was in college and when I was in the mix. And I said, I'm about to go back and get busy because I'm not gonna do this anymore. I got tired of being rejected from jobs and going through all those things. So I'm about to do what I know because I was gifted at hustling. So I ain't had no problem with that. I I really didn't never have any issues besides if I got arrested, but I knew how to make my money. So I'm like, man, let me just do what I'm good at. But when Mm -hmm. I saw that, I I knew that was a God moment. And so I said, all right, I'm gonna focus on it. And then, you know, taking that $8, it was rough. You know, I was working at the hotel and I'm cleaning you know, doing that stuff, but I, I put in the work. I just, I was the first one there, the last one to leave. I did a great job. When I left the job, I wasn't making $8 and I was making $14, but I definitely put in the work and I just yeah. like, Hey, I'm gonna do all I can do. And I did a bunch of stuff at that point. I was selling bootleg movies. I was, um <laughs> I met, I got with a guy who I went to college with, who had a dealership. I was taking cars to the auction. I mean, from the auction with him two and two, three times a week, get money from that started selling some of those cars, wholesale the people I knew I was doing whatever I had to do to hustle at right. that time frame. Right. Right.
0: man. So I think what I'm hoping that people who are watching are taking from this segment is that there is often a stereotypical picture that we have of a drug dealer, right? <laughs> we, we think about a drug dealer as somebody who is kind of this, you know, they're, they're hardcore on the evil side of society, yeah. and we don't often see the human side of mm-hmm. what happens. So, um, so you 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 make that shift. You're you're in this eight dollar an, an hour job, and you're still kind of hustling, trying to do different things because you've got a child on the way, et cetera, et cetera. So, what is your 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 flashpoint what is the moment that that makes you say you know what i can't do this anymore in this way i need to really jump off hold on to that answer we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna hear what made you say you know what this is my line in the sand i'm not gonna do this anymore Want your merchandise done right go check Andrew and Sylvia Nixon over at press and so press and and they'll get you done right let's jump back into this story so so you're you are at this space where man you're working you're hustling you're doing all of these different things you're you're you're, you're driving cars from the auction, you're selling uh bootleg movies, you're doing all of this stuff, and now you're at $14 an now, but now you've got this family that's growing. What is the moment that makes you say, I can't do this, I can't live in this way? What 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 switches for you?
1: I mean I say that a hundred times um, during that thing. So it's funny, I'm, I, as I told you offline, I'm moving right now. So when you start mm-hmm. moving, you start packing and you start seeing old things. So I remember seeing my 2013 fourth quarter, what I, I wrote down. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to write a car, I'll get a car, because I just got my car repossessed earlier that year. So I said, it's time to get a car. I said, I'm leaving the job on the first of the year, mm-hmm. <laughs> 2014, right? So I had all this stuff written down. Um, cause I'm making money with the car, the car space. Like literally I'm just giving my check, my $8 check to my wife. Like, look, just pay whatever bills you can pay. Take care of what you need to take care. And she finally got a job because again, she was pregnant. She couldn't work at the time. So I'm like, all right, I planned that. But then by the end of the year, they promoted me to front desk. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I, I can hang around with this for a little while longer. You know, we'll see what happens because now I, I I'm doing the front desk piece. But then I went to TDJ's conference that next year, going into mm. like that like, like February. And I was in um, Orlando, Florida, and this is when he put out his book, Instinct. And he was talking about, and you might see the memes out now or the little video blurbs out now, him talking to Oprah, but I was there live when he talked about the lion in the cage and he was saying, and actually he brought the lion out on stage. And he was saying that this lion has been in, in, in the cage all his life. He said, but we still keep him in the cage and we're afraid to let him out because we were worried about his instinct kicking in and mm-hmm. him realizing he's a lion. and he said that's somebody in his audience and everybody who came with me from my church was like he talking to you wow and i'm crying like bawling and he like they like everybody nobody said oh he could have been talking about me everybody said he's talking about you and i took that in and at that point it was the plan was to get out of there so in a couple of months i had an office space and a couple of months after that, I was gone. You know, wow. it was just like the, the plan was there from that point because he was right. And um, I started back reading at that point. I'm reading his that book. I bought the book then and the Bible. I'll be working overnight. Um, and people would see me in the morning, even reading that book or reading the Bible. And I was just starting getting myself prepared. And I, you know, a couple of months I got out of office. After that, a couple of months after that, I just left. I was like, all right, I'm not going back to work. I'm good. Wow.
0: Wow. So even so let me ask you this. So even in this conference, people saying he's talking to you. Do these same people say, yes, it's about time when you decide you're going to quit? Or do some of them say, oh, my gosh, what, what you doing? What,
1: what, the, not many the, of them. Yeah, not okay. many. Yeah, not okay. many. Only a couple. Only okay. a couple. Um, you, you you know how it go. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, and, I, and I think I want
0: to bring that out because there are people that are in your corner when it seems easy and then when you actually do the hard action, they're like, mm, yeah, that's a little bit crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I had I mean, I had a friend, real tight friend of mine who we, we fell out for a while, you know, um, because she, she had got me the job at the hotel. Oh Okay. Um, but it was as a houseman, mm-hmm. like she had nothing to do with the front desk piece. And right. so that portion I earned on my own. Right. And so, she didn't get that, but it was just because I left. I was just called them saying I'm never coming back, and I and I haven't. And right. she didn't understand it, but we. I put in my first book, literally like two, three years later. She she put on social media. She was when she was leaving, like right. thank you to my young bro, my little bro Jay, for talking to me and telling me about entrepreneurship. You know, because and I and I, I actually put the screenshot in my book because it meant a lot to me that she, you know, acknowledged that publicly because we didn't talk that's like my big sister, but right. she was upset with me over that situation, but that's how it was. But it was about, you know, hashtag I won't starve. I'm gonna be judged fine.
0: Wow. Wow. So let's, let's kind of transition a little bit here. So you, you're, you're full-time as an entrepreneur, you've got several companies, you've got your nonprofit, you've got your speaking business, you've got a, a, quite a few different things that you are doing. What is it that allows you to uh, persevere right now? I know you had that mentality from the beginning. I've just got to hustle. Um, but now you've got to do things in a certain way because you've got kids, you've got a family, you've got you got a wife. What is it that allows you to to, to push through the challenges now, man?
1: Now is a lifestyle. It's just interwoven within my, you know, within my DNA. You know, um, I tell people about, you know, everybody always like to say that this cloth is not made you know, anymore. You know, they don't make that cloth more. Yeah. I know I'm made from that cloth. Like, it's tough. And I tell people that if you love people, you tell them the truth. I tell people it's not easy being an entrepreneur. It's not a full-time entrepreneur. Right. You, Your mind had to be wired different. And it's not, it's like the military You can be trained to be like that if going through basic training, no matter where you come from, you go through basic training, you finish, you become a soldier. You can be trained, but your mind has to work a certain kind of way. You have to be okay with not knowing how much money you're gonna make this month or this week. (laughs) You know, you gotta be okay with that. And a lot of people can't live like that. They can't think like that. They can't breathe that way. You know, you have to be okay with that. And um, I've learned how to do that for years. Like, I don't know what, my income is gonna be, I have a lifestyle that requires me to make six figures every year. Right. If not, you know, and we're gonna be in trouble, you know, maintaining a home on the East coast and a home on the West coast, you have to have a six figure salary in order to do that. That's not something that somebody can just lie about. You're not having a house on the West coast and a house on the East coast, and you don't make six figures unless you're stealing from somebody. (laughs) So that's, that's like you have to do that. So I know what I do. I have to command that, uh, that um, type of money.
0: Wow. Wow. So what is it? I mean, especially with the type of uncertainty that you have sometimes around being an entrepreneur, or what's happening? What are the things that you would say every entrepreneur needs to have in place to to help you really get to that space where despite the uncertainty, you can do what it takes to, to, to maintain the, the financial level or the revenue that you need?
1: Mastery. Mastery. You can't just come into a situation with, like you can't put hustle on a resume. So I always talk about me hustling, but you couldn't put hustle on a resume. Mm. So for me, I got to the West Coast because I was able to be contracted because I'm a certified trainer, certified coach. I'm certified to train trainers. So I'm able to use my LLC to contract with a business out there during a pandemic as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to hustle it up. That wouldn't have worked. But because I have mastery, I'm skilled, I'm skilled at certain situations, I can do it. I am a master photographer, you know, I've worked with these level companies. So it's no place I go that somebody's gonna look at my portfolio and say, my, my work is not that good. You know, I've been down that road. So mastery is what you need to have. You actually need to know a skill. It's not gonna be jobs when my son is eight. If you don't have a skill skill, it's going to be hard for them to get jobs. It ain't going to be like it was when we were growing up. Like you got a degree, you can find, you do something. Right. Because college teach you how to retain information, not actually teach you a skill, but you got to actually have a skill now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What, what is it that you would advise somebody who is still figuring it out? And you know, you're talking about mastery, but they're not sure what they want to master. How do you, how do you advise somebody like that?
1: Yeah, everybody's good at something. And a lot of times we get caught up in the passion projects and things like that. And I tell people, stop following your passion put it in your pocket and take it with you. Because we're following passion, but it's somebody who's a a surgeon right now who don't want to be a surgeon. They're probably a surgeon because their parents told them to be, but it's affording them to be able to do the things they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, especially in our community, we're following our passion. We're told to follow our passion or we're on a lottery project. What I mean by that is, one person wins the lottery and makes five million people go play it every every day. You know what I mean? So we start doing that stuff instead of focusing on what we're good at. Maybe your dad was to had you working on cars with him all your life and you know how to work on a car with your eyes closed. Use that to fund your passion. Use that to you know take care of yourself. And then you can actually learn how to be great at something else. I didn't want to be a photographer. I didn't. I talk. That's what I right. do. But photography allowed me to be able to talk for a living. Love it, I love it.
0: Wrap us up, man. Tell us a little bit about what you have going on now. I know you've got books that you've recently released. Tell us a little bit about what's happening in your space and how people can connect with you.
1: Oh man, these are my babies right here. I Won't Starve, You Won't Starve, Morning Motivation. These are all three of my books. Um, You know, I'm gonna not, I'm never gonna stop writing. You know, writing has been so therapeutic for me. Being Going through all the things I've been through, being able to have uninterrupted conversations with myself through my my pen has been amazing for me. We don't do enough therapy, so that was a way for me to do mine. And I suggest everybody either go to therapy or find a way for them to have that outlet. So doing that, um, investing has been a big deal for me. It's been my plan, my five-year plan since 2018 to four in 2023 to be a full-time investor. So that's my goal. I'm working towards that by um, December 31st, 2023, to be a full time investor. And my daughter's an author now. You know, she's an author and entrepreneur. She has two books. Um, she's knocking it out the part way more than I am in that space. So I'm supporting her and putting myself in position to just really be there for her and be there for my family um, and watch them go higher heights than I have, so they don't have to go through the same pitfalls that I did
0: i love it love it we so on underneath your name here man we've got your website i won't tell us about what we'll find when we go to i not
1: well i won't again is just a new lifestyle brand so you will see the merchandise you will see the clothing we'll see videos things in me speaking stuff like that uh we have i will starve academy which is a nonprofit profit 501 501c3 which is i won't and then if you want to see everything about me, it's jhalim.com and I am jhalim on all social media platforms. So all those sites where you can find me, just Google jhalim and I will pop up and everything I'm doing all around the country will pop up. I love it. I love
0: it. Jay Halim, It's been fantastic to hang out with you today, man. I know that there are a few nuggets that I got from this and, um we're going to be chopping this up and let people hear the, the 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 brilliance and the gold nuggets that you've shared with us today so it's been fantastic to hang out with you my friend
1: thank you brother appreciate you god bless all right
0: hang out in the green room there for a couple of moments let's wrap mm-hmm. i don't know about you but it is a challenge to walk through life with uncertainty not knowing what the next day is going to behold or not knowing where what people are going to say or not knowing what, what your next step absolutely needs to be with 100% certainty. But there's this thing called faith. And when I talk about faith, I'm not necessarily talking about a, a religious faith or a, a spiritual faith. I'm talking about a faith, well, I am talking about spiritual faith. I'm talking about an internal peace, an internal desire to go forward so much so that you're willing to step out into uncertainty in order to make your goal happen. Despite what your challenges are, despite whatever life has happened to you in the past. Martin Luther King was famous for saying, or he was known for saying, faith is taking that first step even when you can't see the entire staircase. And that's just, that's the truth for most of us. We don't see the staircase, but there's something amazing inside of us. There's something fantastic that we're built to do. There is something meaningful. There's something impactful that we were created to do in this world. And so my goal, my my message to you is to take all of the challenges, take all of the struggles, take all of the stuff that's happening in your space and share that so that somebody else can hear that and see how you've navigated your challenges. And all of that will be a means of transformation for them. As we say at the end of every episode, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story. Yeah, your story. It deserves a stage. So get on out there and tell it. I'm Robert Kennedy III, RK3. I'll see you on the next episode of the What's My Story podcast. Peace.